Come on kids, now gather round Grab a log and sit right down What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground It's the campfire shit show And now, your camp counselors Bo Hufford and Mero Climo I feel like we're in our new home I know this is just I, where we're, we we're back again in Los Angeles. I can't believe you've talked me into it. Thank you. We're back at the Glendale room, our little uh, home away from home. It feels very comfy and cozy here. And this week we're going to get into the sleeping bag again. Wow, we've been sleeping bagging it yeah. quite a bit. And I've been trying to post on social media to to not warn you guys, but give you a heads up. I think the episode that you're about to hear will be a lot better or it will make a lot of sense if you pause and watch the movie yes. that we're about to talk about called Mentally Al. And yes. we're talking today with the director, comedian Josh or Joshua Edelman. And I feel like, you know, I'm not pressuring you, but I feel like it will be fun to hear what he talks about after watching the movie, which is available on YouTube. Yeah, it's we, called Mentally Al. We go deep, deep into talking about that movie. And either you're going to be inspired to go watch it after or you watch it right now mm-hmm. and come in with us along for that journey. But either way. Either way, you're welcome. I was just also going to say, Josh is an award-winning comedian. He's a filmmaker, writer, and then Mentally Al, which you're about to hear a lot about, uh, was selected by the New York Times as best comedy documentary. That's amazing. So don't take his word or my word. Just take New York Times' word. (laughs) Fuck them, but we love them. Without waiting anymore. Yeah, okay, okay. Here we go into the sleeping bag with Josh Edelman. Welcome, Yay. welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, How's your morning going? Pretty good. I mean, I just mostly worked this yeah. morning. I got to go back to work when I'm done with this. You What's have, work? Yeah. Uh, video editing. Oh, okay. Video editing. I do it from home, which is nice and control my schedule. But uh, Isn't that hard, though? I mean, because I'm an artist. I work from home, and it's like I get distracted so easily. Is that? Are you a really good worker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just really shitty at it. Um. Uh, I don't know. I get, I get, I get it done. Yeah. I, I like working from home personally. Yeah. Like it's, if, if, uh, I mean, I'm freelance, but like if my main client who I used to go into the office for asked me to go back in the office, despite paying me good money, I'd quit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, bye bye. You're like, I've learned. I mean, I'm looking for any excuse at this point to completely stop doing video editing and just risk it all on being full time comic and uh that's awesome filmmaker yeah that's so cool you should well i just want to give some context i saw you go by josh or joshua josh is a comic joshua is a filmmaker is that, is, oh. that, is, that, is that weird oh no, so I guess but it, but if i'm being interviewed i still want to be josh okay i'm josh, josh. but like you know it, but <laughs> it sounds but it sounds more artsy when it's joshua like it does a joshua edelman fi- that sounds like someone who's very serious yeah a josh edelman film it's like who is <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah that being said my production company is edelmania productions which, that. which which screams this isn't a real production company no 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 it's very like it's very like LA or yes. New York. Or well, you know, there's like there's like Brooks Film, which is like yeah. Mel Brooks's company, yeah. Lucas sure. Film, George Lucas's, and then Edelmania Production. It sounds like directed there's a lot by, going on. Like directed by Joshua. Yeah. Directed by Joshua <laughs> Edelman. Well, I saw all three of those uh, do an open mic, and I I thought you were so good. It's always so funny with open mics too because you can tell 
the cream really does rise to the crop because oh, you, you were like kind of riffing off of everyone and i'm like oh this man seems like he actually knows what he's doing and then i followed you and then uh which we will talk about saw that you had a, a documentary out that you created and i just like it was so funny because you reposted what i wrote and said like this isn't from my mom <laughs> but <laughs> I, had, I had such feelings about it it's truly like the best thing i've seen in a really long oh, time thank you so, so much i really get it and mean it so we'll we'll talk I, all about i that. have a i said it's not from my mom because i have a joke about uh the web series i made before the documentary which my mom was like we were at a family friend's house and she she goes she literally says she goes guys I'm not just saying this because I'm his mother, <laughs> but it's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so that is me. <laughs> the Godfather. I mean it. Casablanca. None of Best it. Friends web series. But I, I, maybe I have like mom energy without in, luckily in, having In ascending kids. order for my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think especially, I'm sure, you know, other comics feel the same way too, but it captures so many feelings and things within comedy and also being a little bit uh like not mentally challenged i don't mean that but you know just having some things that you go through and trying to navigate your way well the film the film's about this comic named alu bell mm -hmm. and uh i very much almost feel like he's a living embodiment of like a comedian's soul yeah it's like it's like like getting to see kind of every like I really tried to show every aspect of what it is to just really be a comedian uh -huh. mm. through a person who I feel in my experience in my life of everybody I've ever met and I've met tons of comics most embodies just what it is to be a comedian yeah because you're always a few shows away from being disheveled and on your couch and just sad and then and then to flip-flop of like there was a line that said, oh, I'm just like, or he's just a homeless person that does Letterman every six months yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 and I yeah, thought yeah. that was so Todd, right on. Todd you know? Berry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was Al someone that you had watched from afar and admired, then you guys became friends, or like what was the... I, uh, I met Al... Okay, so the long story short, I was hanging out with my best friend at home um, in Florida when I was 15 years old. Uh, to give you a little bit of context, I'm actually making short story long. Um, <laughs> short story <laughs> long. Here for that. Short story long. Um, my best friend had this uh, alcoholic father. I have a bit about his dad. Um, but like at one point, his dad was like, he didn't like the way my friend laughed. It like annoyed him the way <laughs> his son laughed because I mean he laughed like he it really it really bothered him. At one point, his father told me that like if he does that laugh, I'm allowed to hit him because we're trying to get rid oh, of yeah. this laugh. Uh, anyway, he's hanging out at my house and we're joking around and laughing as we do. And it was really annoying my not my non-alcoholic father who just <laughs> hears us giggling in my room and he's like, guys, go to the comedy club. <laughs> like like that's what he just like heard. He's like, go to the, get out of the house. I can't listen to you guys anymore. Go to the comedy <laughs> So we so we go to the local comedy club. This guy Alu Bell's headlining. We've never heard of him wow. before. Wow! Uh, and it ends up because, like, you you never know what moment is going to change your yeah. life forever. Wow! And this and is in Florida. This is in Florida at um. And you're 15. I'm 15. It was originally, or I'm 15 or 16. It was originally Boca Nuts Comedy oh Club. I think it had just become the New York Comedy Club. It's now the Boca Black Box Theater. 
um, which is one of the places we filmed at in the documentary. Uh, but um, Al uh, headlines, and it's the hardest I've ever laughed in my life. The hardest my friend had ever laughed in his life. He literally fell off his chair <laughs> and was rolling around on the floor. And he, to this day, is one of three people I've seen fall out of their chair uh, watching Al. And doing tee hee hee the whole time. <laughs> tee hee hee, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he but found his place. The, yeah. the owner of the comedy club came up and asked him to leave because his laugh was. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh my gosh, I was like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he went to like funeral. Wow, that's or something. that's that's amazing. Um, <laughs> and for you at 15 to have that sharp of a sense of humor too that you got because I'm sure Al was is what oh, 10 years or 15 like years old. the next than? day it, it was like surreal like we like basically memorized his whole hour and just one sitting of watching wow. him every joke stuck with us so well and also we hadn't started drinking or smoking pot yet <laughs> which I think helped us mem- remember <laughs> everything we heard and like the next day at school we were just like Going over his jokes with each other, telling everyone we could these jokes from this guy we saw. And then like over the years, so at the comedy club, they'd have a little thing that you could fill out being like, what comedians do you want to see? Mm. And it's like this shitty little Boca Raton comedy club. And I'd write like Eddie Murphy, Dana Carvey, <laughs> Al Lubell. And they're like, all right, we can get that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whenever Al would be in town, I'd get a call from the comedy club that he was in town asking me if I wanted to come and then like when I started dating my girlfriend in high school I like took her to see him and then we like went back for her birthday and like I kept seeing him and I got this idea I'm like this guy's so interesting and like I kept looking him up and there's like no videos of him online like like, very little information about him and uh, I eventually am just like um, I went up to him after a show and I said hey Al uh, you know I'm about to go to film school I'd love to make a documentary about you and he was like no no I'm okay then cut to uh cut to I'm 26 years old. I'm in Los Angeles. I see he's doing his one man show that just won Edinburgh in LA. Uh, I take a girl I'm seeing then or friends with um to see him and it's a mate it blows my mind. It's like the best version of his set I've ever seen. Wow. So I tweet at him like, "Hey Al, uh would really love to talk to you about doing something. Four years later, I get a message from him being like, hey, Josh, just saw your tweet. Thanks <laughs> thanks for coming to my show. Would love to talk. And it was perfect timing because I just finished the web series, which is apparently the greatest the, thing the greatest. One, at least one person has ever seen. One mom plus one um, person agree. <laughs> um, she's delusional, but she also has incredible taste in web series. Same. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I met up with him and we agreed and he agreed to let me make the documentary then. And then I um, followed him around for... And this was uh, pre-pandemic, right? 2018? Yeah. So I started shooting the movie. No, I started shooting the movie, or I think I talked to him in 2015. I think we actually started f- filming, filming in 2016. And then I didn't finish, like, honestly, I didn't, I technically didn't finish, finish, finish editing it till, uh, during the pandemic mm-hmm. but like i finished the rough cut like two years later okay i'm not gonna lie there was a part of me and we won't give too much away but there was a part of me that was like 
oh my god, please don't tell me he like died of COVID or something. Like, no, no, you know, no, I no, 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 no. You want to make sure in twenty twenty two that he's actually in New York now, uh, doing pretty well. Really he's, uh, good. Yeah, he's like getting regular spots at the cellar. Uh, Louis asked him to open for him on a show. Mm. Dave Chappelle booked him at his club. Wow. Um, and like after Dave Chappelle like went up after him one night at the cellar and was like, hey, you guys are all very lucky to see Al Bell. So it was like, you know, he's having a little bit of a resurgence. Sorry, my phone is Oh, that's okay. Just do, do whatever up. you need to. Um, if it's him. Okay, no, it's it's unimportant. Is it your mom being like, this is the best podcast ever? It hasn't even come <laughs> out yet. <laughs> You're on the best episode I've ever seen. <laughs> I do have to be careful about what I say sometimes because I know my mom will be listening. Yeah. To oh, it. yeah. She's just a huge fan. She listens and watches well, everything. Well, another joke I do. I don't do it that often these days, but I, well, I don't do this part of it, but uh, growing up, my mom used to tell me I look like Paul Newman all the time. She'd be like, you look just like Paul Newman, Josh. And I was telling someone this on a podcast once, and she calls me and she goes, I never said you look like Paul Newman. <laughs> I said you look like George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> I love this mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really messed like I like 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 not to the degree. I, I think part of my attraction to Al yes. also is like seeing someone whose mother messed them up more than mine messed me up. Yeah, yeah I was gonna. Are, are you Jewish? I'm not. I'm assuming, but Edelman. Yeah, mm-hmm. same here too. And I think it is just part of like. And is Al Jewish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it is part of. And I I love my mom so much. And now I don't take it for granted. But we we even had to have a talk about like unhooking because I could like feel her energy like in me almost and we've had to have a talk about like I'll just even say like unhook yourself because even from across the coast I can like feel you know I'll just like sign on to Facebook and all of a sudden it's like hello busy girl and it's just this feeling well it's a conundrum I think I think more than anything the biggest challenge and it's not even especially with Jewish families Mm -hmm. and it's not even a thing that's done on purpose in any sense, but there's just this incredible amount of guilt mm-hmm. children feel regarding <laughs> their parents. There's a joke Al has in in the movie where he's like, my mo- my mom, she answers the phone like, Alan, my son. And I'm like, how am I supposed to respond? Mother, my mommy. <laughs> and mommy, yes. That, that, joke, yeah. that joke gets me because like, I'll call my mom and like, it's like, I want to talk to my mom and she answers the phone so excited to hear from me and I'm immediately in a bad mood. Yeah. But I also so funny. But I also don't want to tell her to like be less excited when right. I call because if she was less excited, that would make me sad too. There's no winning. Yeah. There's no winning. And my parents still refer to each other as like mommy and daddy when I'm even now, I'm almost forty and I'll be with my boyfriend and my mom will say like Daddy's pulling out the car and my boyfriend's like, I don't know how to like, react to this. You know, this is <laughs> Well, there's something also like about when you're home with your family like they can't see you as anything beyond the teenager that left the house and you can't be anything beyond the teenager that left the house because it's like my younger brother and I like he hated me growing up (laughs) and I tormented him and I feel I felt bad about it but we have like a really good relationship now we're pretty close Um, and when me and him are just hanging out it's great but whenever we're home it's just like whatever it was that like was wrong with us as kids just returns in yeah. the house. Yeah. I have the same thing. It, 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 I My parents are in Ohio, and I don't go home very often. But when I do, I'm like, oh, I should go home. It'll be good. It'll be nice. I'll go home. I'll see my parents, see the you know old house, everything. I, it, I'm so excited. As soon as I land, I'm good. They pick me up within three minutes. I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate these people. And, and it's like, I was thinking about that like, <laughs> with, with your mom saying like, or, or with uh, Al's mom kind of saying like, uh, 
Oh, my son. My sister does this thing both in person and on Facebook or any social media. She says brother of mine. Oh. Every it's almost like you know how people have the signature on their email. Yeah, it's automatic. It's just like no matter what, she's like, "Hey, what are you doing today, brother of mine?" And then, oh, that looks awesome, <laughs> brother of mine. It's like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Everybody knows I'm your brother. Just calm the fuck down. Yeah. Uh, and I know she's just proud, but it fucking irks me. Yeah. It irks me a lot. Yeah, my brother and I. Uh, I mean, this isn't like an annoying thing. We call each other like Broski and Brocephus. Mm. Brocephus from um, from History of the World. Uh, they one of them caught like one of them says Brocephus to the other one, <laughs> yeah. and we used to love that movie growing up. So, are they all supportive of your comedy? Yeah, yeah, extremely. I'm very lucky in that sense. Yeah, and then um, what about you? Like as a comedian, when did you you came out here? To do comedy when did I come that? out to my parents as a comedian? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm a comedian. I'm a like, you can't just be gay, Josh. <laughs> you sure you don't just want to be a woman? Like uh, <laughs> anything but a comedian. Anything but this. No, no. My dad was like a magician growing up, and I also um, was a magician for a period. I of saw time. that. I saw you post about that. So I think there's. I think it's like a little. I think there's a tricky element of it for my dad of just like wanting to see me being financially successful Mm -hmm. because you know i think older people understand how important that is yeah uh while at the same time getting to vicariously live through me a bit just like as a magician or as a comedian or even as a film like my dad my dad's also like the funniest person i know and just like literally in the morning before he goes to work sits and reads joke books and like oh really like yeah like like oh do you think that your father's excruciating to work with though (laughs) because he's probably he's probably warming up and then he goes into work and he's like hey i got one for you today you know i don't think i don't think my dad my dad's okay. like that um but but we will do we will do uh, like games where we'll just shout topics at my dad nice. and he will just know some old street joke about like every it's almost like an autistic level oh, yeah. of like knowledge of street jokes like baseball players when it's like oh the world series 1941 like he can file <laughs> them away of like this joke mm-hmm. i remember like he got real excited cuz like it was his friends 60th birthday and they asked him if he would like MC the party and like my dad like sent me all the jokes he was gonna tell him like dad you gotta cut this to about one tenth uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm like gosh. I'm like it's very funny but like it's it's ten times too this is, long this is a as, 25 minute set as dad. somebody who like <laughs> walks up on stage for like a 15 minute set with like seven sentences written yeah uh, <laughs> cut it down Yeah, no, you go. go. I was going to ask, like, it's really interesting to me that a person who wants to be a comedian or who is a comedian who is actively pursuing that career put themselves in a place where they weren't on screen at all and they were not able to be funny at all other than in your editing, possibly, right? So why was that a decision that you made? Why why did you want to be the filmmaker about another comedian? Because it's just like, it's funny. I I felt really good about myself afterwards because I saw a tweet someone wrote being like, um, Lord, give me the confidence of a straight white man making him the lead character of this documentary. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I was like, I just, I, the movie's about Al. And I just kind of wanted, you know, like, I, I approached the film with a sort of philosophy about it, which was I want to just 
show what this life is Mm -hmm. and let people make decisions for themselves about it. Let it start a conversation. Like I've heard such a wide range of perspectives about the film from people telling me that they found it inspiring, from people telling me that they found it depressing, from people telling me that it made them reconsider how they're going to parent their kid to makes people like reconsider their relationship with their parents. Mm. Um, And, you know, being that Al is also, his comedy is so centered on who he is to the point where he's uh, at Edinburgh this year planning to do a uh, one hour of just his name material. Oh, my God. Um, Which which he can do. And like (laughs) and and uh, and I think I think it'll be great. But um but like, so it, I felt like it would have been wrong for me to inject myself yeah. into the film. It's not about me. Uh, there's like the one moment at the end where I'm talking I to him. I love that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see my parents, so my presence is there. I show yeah. you like the picture of me. You hear me asking questions off screen a little bit, but uh, but it's a movie about Al, and I wanted it to be about yeah. Al. I've really felt a wide range of feelings towards him throughout the whole movie because it's like, okay, at first you do a great job of making me feel like heartwarming and it's okay this alt comic that never really blew up and then you start to see okay how much of this is his own doing and his own blaming Mm -hmm. his relationship with his mom and then I thought I was like good for you for putting in oh it really made me emotional how his mom was about to pass away and he was really kind of harshly saying to her like you're the reason I'm screwed up You, you you you're leaving this earth with really like giving us no money and it was very like um uh, probably humbling and just sad I think for her because you see people in their most vulnerable moment and you're hearing from your son like you screwed me up well it's funny because it's like um, I think it's interesting because a lot of people do take that mm-hmm. that way whereas I guess knowing them mm-hmm. like that's just a lot of what their just dynamic was yeah. in it like it wasn't like it wasn't like he was crushing her there like if the camera's not around that's the conversation they're having yeah, that's with true. each other. <laughs> yeah, I just can't imagine being on my deathbed and then being to my son like, I have no money for you. But I... at the same time, you know, when she was actually passing away, Al was like there for five straight days, like yeah. sleeping mm-hmm. in the room with her, like when hospice was there at her side, making sure hmm. she was as comfortable. Like he, he definitely... Again, it's just like it's like all the complicated feelings we have towards our parents yeah. amplified to the 10th. He says, I think at one point he goes, he goes, the best scenario would be she never dies and I never have to see her because mm-hmm. he feels this guilt and this need to see her because he's worried that she's going to die. But at the same time, he's like all of this worrying about my mother is like preventing me from from moving forward with my life. And, you know. Absolutely not a good thing that his mother died, but she did have a long one. Lived to ninety four, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. What more do you want? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do think that, like, since she's passed away, I do sort of sense this greater freedom in Al and this less like tethered to the umbilical yeah, cord that yeah. he's been. Tethered is a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, like, I, I know a big focal point of him is just showing up in the way where he can be authentically himself and kind of give or take like success on, you know, he could spare his own success just being himself for you as a comic. Do you feel like when you're out on stage is is a lot of your material, just like I'm bearing my all. I don't care if you like me or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think especially the more I do it, the more and more honest I am up there. Like, I don't think I'm, 
I'm very rarely lying. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. occasionally I stretch the truth for a joke or like I'll be like my girlfriend when it's really an ex-girlfriend or mm-hmm. your mom or or, 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 or <laughs> yeah. something. But uh, I try to be honest on stage and and and. You know, the more you do it, I think the greater understanding you just end up having about yourself. Um, uh, but it, it is interesting with Al, and it is fun, it is interesting to talk about him on this show because uh, Al is like the ultimate shit show of, yeah. of a can be like taught like the ultimate. Show. Like you said, he's like a homeless guy that does Letterman every five yeah. months. It is such an amazing description. It is, no. especially watching his whole life, and yeah, you probably feel this way, or you probably do not feel this way. I'm asking like almost like not a catty question but just do you feel like the reason some comics love him so much and applaud his like oh he's an alt comic and we see what he is but a lot of people don't do you think that would still be the same there's the same sediment if he like blew up big time or do you think there'd be like some level of jealousy like you know when you like someone because it's like okay you're on this level and like I can be almost like oh you're so good but well uh I would say it's interesting like um I feel like Sarah Silverman's the only real one. What do you mean? I feel like she's the only like she I feel like I believe her that she would oh, like she anyone loves, no she, matter what. She loves Al. Yeah, she, she seems loves. like a real she, authentic she cares, one. Yeah. She cares very deeply about yeah. him. Um but uh I think look, I've always said Al represents all my greatest hopes and biggest fears in one person. Mm-hmm. It's like there's nothing I want more than to be as talented and true an artist as he is. Like, I think there are very few comedians that as stand-up comedians I consider, like, artists. Mm-hmm. Like, what they're doing is something truly unique, mm. truly deep, and unbelievably hysterical. Uh, at the same time, the idea of, like, living his life, terrifying. Terrifying, right. terrifying thing. Who Al is is what Al is, mm-hmm. and uh, but I don't. I I have trouble thinking that if he were to find incredible success, that he would be able to become anything different because his uh, neuroses is just run so deep. Yeah, almost like Mark. Mar- I feel like Mark Maron's the same Mark Maron. Mm-hmm. You know, post success and pre success. Yeah, that was yeah. another thing I wrote down where Al had said. I just think like the same neurotic thoughts over and over. Cause I think so often we all have things that are just like in a loop over and over and they block us out of moving forward. You know, I have another question. I'm sorry. I have a lot of questions. I know. Uh, I know. We're so talkative. <laughs> because I, I watched it and, uh, and I'm surrounded by comedians. I run a comedy show in San Diego and it's so interesting because before I got into the field, I was wondering if I wanted to be in it, right? Wondering if I was like, am I going to do comedy? Am I going to try that? I've, I've done so many things around comedy. Should should I like get into it? And as soon as I started being around, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> no fucking way. Because you meet people like Al and you're like, yeah, I couldn't live like that. And if that's what it takes to be this funny, considered this funny by so many people. Uh, what my question is, is how did watching Al's life before you in a very intimate way how did that change you as a comic and what how you looked at comedy and being a comedian in the world well you know I feel like there are like more comedians like now than ever mm-hmm. and uh when I made the movie one of my primary goals 
was to get most of them to quit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's just a lineup of eight people in every place. I love it. I see. To, I see. To quit. No. Uh, That's hysterical. Please stop pursuing. Um, I think. Well, you know, look. It's like it's like every documentary on a comedian that you see uh, is like the story of Robin Williams, mm-hmm. the the inter personal struggles of Gary Shandling. Yeah. It's like everyone sees like the glitz and glamour and it's like, oh, everyone's life is hard. Sure. Like, yeah. but like here's what it looks like. You know, there are a lot of great comics out there struggling. Maybe not as much, but hell, hell, I know so many comics living in their fucking car. I lent a comic $40 the other night so he could pay his rent. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but, um, well, how did, how did it, well, I, I, it's funny. My dad said something in the movie, um, when I like asked him basically that question, mm-hmm. how does it feel to you seeing Al and knowing your son is trying to do those things? Yeah. And he says, you know, it's like, I'm confident that you're a person who's not going to like, you know, throw their mm-hmm. life away at the same time. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Al's been on the tonight show he's won star search he's been on letterman and leno five times each he's won the edinburgh fringe festival al's accomplished like so many things beyond anything even close to what i've accomplished in my life many of those things before he was my age so it's funny like to my dad like thinking like you're gonna you're gonna be fine not like this guy who's at my age, was like one of the most accomplished comics uh, mm-hmm. in in the world. But at the same time, you know, a lot of Al's troubles come from. I do think I'm a bit of an enigma as a comedian because uh, I guess a weird thing to say because it's not a hundred percent true, but but I sort of got my shit together. Uh huh. <laughs> it's like it's oh, like yeah. I'm able to I like do a full-time job right and as much as like the art is the primary thing to me i do consider the business yes of it and uh well i see a thing like like the documentary on owl and i'm like yeah this is why i couldn't do it this is why because i don't think like that i i have said this before and I, i kind of like pause a little bit saying it but it's like i have my shit too much together to be a successful comic because you have to be insane. I don't know. I see. I, 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 think, I think you're insane though. <laughs> I'm insane, but I do have my shit together. But I yes. think in some way, um, everyone's like, "No, you don't." But, <laughs> but I mean, in the way that like I'm on Zoom calls, I have I have a bunch of people. I love, that I love I can... how both of you are like, "We have our shit together." Welcome <laughs> to the shit show <laughs> podcast. I mean, I think you can. I think there's a range. Not me, but I think I think like Jimmy Kimmel or Conan. Like I think yes, every, they probably like go home and like kick dogs or something. But <laughs> we all do. But I think you don't have to be like a an on the couch. I think you can. There's no set thing as a comic. Like I wake up every morning at like seven a.m. Or I. I, w- I want to be really clear on what I'm saying because I'm yeah, what no, I'm not I'm saying is like it. I'm perfect and all you comedians no, 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 are no. insane people. I, I am saying that. I uh, <laughs> Joshua is perfect. Josh still has some work to do. No, I've got I've got problems. But well, I don't you, think it yeah. has to look like because uh, I have a bunch of comedian friends and they none of they all live together and they, no one has a car. Blah blah blah. You know. And but I also have comedian friends that like have a nice car and a home and I think it can be I'm just inviting you I'm challenging you because I think you're right it can not all I I think the comedians you hang out with I love them but they no I I, I, I see comedians shuffle through and they're like oh I'm staying in my car tonight like you said it's like and you're like wait but you're really funny and like 
seems like like you just headlined the show. Why are you sleeping in the car? I just, I mean, I just paid you five hundred dollars for the show. You know what I mean? I agree. But then so, in my mind, like someone like Chelsea Peretti or something is not sleeping in her car. She's like eating like homemade cheese and uh, going to every farmer's <laughs> market. Like she's waking up and doing yes, Pilates. And, I get yeah. that. I get I think that. She might be vegan. Of course, um. yeah. She has her shit together. But, so yes, that I know. So during the filming of this, uh, the movie, were there any moments that you were just like, "Holy fuck! How is this happening? Everything is." a bust or some insanity kind of moment uh like 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 the movie was a bust well i just mean like you're trying to get a thing you're trying to have a conversation you're like this is going nowhere and we're just wasting time or i didn't i didn't really experience that i mean Good. part of like the beauty of making the movie about al and one of the most interesting things is like when you're interviewing people for a documentary don't put your good questions up front because you're going to get a phony person for like the first 20 minutes oh, of the yeah. interview. Uh. Like they're going to have like interview face on. They're going to really be like sensing the camera in front of them. And then like after a little bit of time, people just settle into themselves. Except with Al. He just is unable to be anything but himself at all times. He's one of the most purely honest per people I've ever met in my life. Uh, so just any moment I turn the camera on him and also just in my experience, like, you know, before making the documentary, we'd meet up and have lunches and things. And, and uh, there was always, there was always, there was always an arc to it where I'd see him. And the first thing I'd do is I'd start feeling anxiety about the fact that I'm hanging out in public with someone who looks extremely homeless <laughs> <laughs> and like that, that I'm bringing him into a place of business wow. that he kind of smells a little bit. Uh, like, like the, like there's, damn. there's the, like a stress about doing that. Yeah. But then I start talking to Al and we just end up getting into like five hour long conversations that are just, ending because one of us is like all right i gotta i gotta leave this <laughs> yeah. has to end because we can just talk forever so one of just the most effortless people to talk to uh almost everything that comes out of his mouth is um funny whether it comes from a neurotic depressing or poignant place he always finds a way i don't even think he finds a way it's just like it's just second nature to him to like be funny mm -hmm. yeah. i mean like for an example of poignant or, or depressing um i was like uh i was like you know al you're kind of like if jerry seinfeld met andy kaufman mm -hmm. and he goes well apparently that conversation that combination leads to no success <laughs> <laughs> we weirdly cancel each other out <laughs> he was like uh i was like talking about how like jerry seinfeld had like Five hundred million dollars, and he's like, "Really, five hundred million dollars? Like, I've got a hundred dollars right now. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, Seinfeld is funnier than me, but is he five million times funnier than me?" <laughs> so I think Seinfeld's an example of like not on not eating Cheerios stuck to himself. Uh. And my, I feel like Jay Leno is too. Um, so now, now I'm just naming people that are together. <laughs> um, did you ever do comedy in front of Al? Al seen me do comedy Ooh, at this point. Question. Funny thing is, uh, so when I made the documentary, I had, 
I don't know if I'd say I quit comedy, but I was on a eight year hiatus from mm. doing really? stand up. Yeah, there was oh. like there was like an eight year period where I just didn't do it. I focused on making my web series, making the doc, making a, an old podcast I used to have. I have a new one now, the Jew Rogaine Experience. Are you check kidding? Oh, that's amazing! Check it out. Check it out. That <laughs> um, is really thank funny. You, thank you. Oh, man. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but since, but after finishing the documentary, part of it, like part of making it, which is funny. Cause you're like saying, like looking at Al, you're like, this is like why I like had yeah. to stop. Well, me following Al for a couple of years, making this movie was like, I got to get back into this. That's awesome. Um, that, that was, that was my reaction to it. Um, and, uh, so, um, Al left for England at the end of the documentary, but he came back at one point and it was like during the LA premiere of the film and he was doing a bunch of shows and I was booking shows and I booked him on them and I did a couple shows with Al and every single time Al showed up like, after my set he just like oh. not like i'm perfect just he, yeah, yeah just al just is who he is uh it wasn't like i don't want to see josh perform he wasn't like timing you in the yeah, 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 yeah yeah he was just showing up when al shows up to things mm-hmm. and then uh and then recently we were in new york together and we did a couple of shows and i booked him to headline this show and i was featuring on the show before him <laughs> and i ended up having i was supposed to do 15 minutes but i had to do like end up doing 25 minutes because <laughs> al still hadn't shown up yet <laughs> oh my and gosh. i'm just stalling for him him to get there oh, man. and uh and literally like i'm introducing him as he's exiting the cab and like limping his way up to the stage uh <laughs> and uh, so he didn't see me but then recently we were at a comedy festival together and he did see me perform and he had really nice things to say and then i just did his podcast um which hasn't come out yet but uh, when, before doing his podcast, he was telling me that he watched a bunch of my clips and he oh, was very that's awesome. impressed. So. I thought you were great. I mean, I mean, it was just an open mic, but like you had just come from, was it Vegas for something? Was it, there's really like some comedy competition. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. The you, World was, Series of Yeah, it was about comedy. that. I don't know. You were talking about that, but it was, what is that? Uh, it's just a dumb comedy contest that I didn't win ever. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> if I had won, it'd be like, oh, it's this amazing contest they hold in Vegas yeah. every year. Comedy contests are weird. Yeah. They are weird. I think I think one of the I think one of the most and I say this because I, I lose them. Um <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's look, you're doing a first round, it's five minutes. It's like like anyone who's worth their weight and salt better have five fucking minutes that yeah. are hilarious. Yeah. Like, you've been doing this for how many years? You better have five gold fucking minutes yeah. that are indistinguishable from anyone else. Sure. It's just like, like I feel like anyone should have their solid fucking five. <laughs> Get more than five, it starts to differentiate. And also just like, Anyone can have their good day on one day and their bad day on another. Like Bill Burr still bombs in front of people that came to see him. Right. It's like being good at comedy isn't about how you do in this one set. It's it's about how you do in many sets over time. Yeah. Mm. Um, are you like like they say, like when do you when do you notice that you're starting to where it starts to become weird when you bomb? Or that, like, when you bomb, you know, nobody's like, hey, you'll get them next time. They just think, like, that was okay. Yeah. Like, like you know, mm-hmm. that's, I think, what differentiates people. And that's not something you really can gather from a competition where it's, like, round one, 
X number of oh. people are eliminated. Right. It's funny you said salt because I have a friend that continually, uh, she does a comedy competition at Flappers, mm-hmm. Uncle Clyde's, and she has gotten third place like four times and each time when you get third place you win a bucket of fries <laughs> so she no. now it's yes it's this they huge ridiculous like obscene amount but of now, fries but now that she's much larger <laughs> yeah. that's funnier so she's gonna get the pizza prize and yeah 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 and then I, I saw her win third time and they were beginning to bring out the that's, fries that's, and... the, that's the trick we're like we think you're good but uh, you, you gotta, gotta put on some pounds yeah you gotta do that it is funny. I, had a, I had a joke like like uh, if or I was thinking about this recently like if there were comedy steroids would I take like steroids mm. for comedy like cheating like like if there was like cheating oh. in, in comedy like like cheating this in will baseball. Make me funnier. Yeah. This will make me But like, like what if I take the steroids and then all that happens is I wake up and I'm like obese and I have a weird voice now. <laughs> I'm like bald obese and I've got a weird voice. And it's like I didn't like none of my act has changed, but it's crushing now that I'm this <laughs> fat, bald, like like high pitched voice sounding weirdo. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I was gonna say the steroid is uh Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan's Jew uh, Rogan's Jew Rogan's alpha brain. Alpha, I, I, I sell beta brain uh, <laughs> come in second okay um, what about shit show moments yeah fealty like it like oh it, it gives you extra fealty to <laughs> <laughs> very silly oh. oh yeah yeah what about shit show moments like on as a comedian shit show moments as a comedian okay well tell us like, about some bombs tell us about some stuff like this is weird because it's like simultaneously a huge fail and a big win for me but definitely more so a huge fail <laughs> uh i uh, like the first time i did 30 minutes mm-hmm. first time i did 30 minutes it's in florida it's at this place in uh, palm beach my parents are at the show, sitting in the front row. Oh. I'm introduced on stage. I don't like my first joke doesn't hit. Ugh. I start doing a little bit of crowd work. Within two minutes, the whole room is chanting Trump at me. They're just going Trump, Trump, Trump. I look at my phone, which I'm recording my set on, and I see that I'm two minutes in to my 30 minute long set. Was this while he was like newly president or what? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. And I and I say to myself, I'm like, "All right, Josh. No matter what, you are not getting off this stage for another 28 minutes." I'm like, "If you just suck for the next 28 minutes, you're going to be a better comic yeah. Yeah. for standing up here oh, and enduring good for you. and enduring the suck for 28 more minutes." Cuz a lot of people at like 7 I, I, minutes would yeah, be like, I was I'm done. I don't think a lot of people understand what it's like to be on stage talking and everyone's going, "I don't like what you're saying." And then you go, "But, but wait, there's 28 more minutes." It's like that feeling is insane. And and I did like you know at first like they were really hating me but like but like I made a decision in my mind the funny thing is I didn't even do political material and I wasn't gonna do political material but I think they just heard Edelman like fucking Jew and that's why they were, <laughs> so they weren't like chanting in anything you didn't say anything well, about uh, I I remember the riff that caused it which was um, like the first joke didn't hit and I start talking to these people in the front uh, front of the room and I'm like, hey, are you guys from around here? They're like, no, we're on vacation. I'm like, where are you on vacation from? They said Mexico. And I was like, and you came to Trump country on vacation? Uh, and then uh, everyone started chanting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, that gives a little bit more context. You didn't deserve all that. but And then did you turn them around after? Or? Well, so in that moment, I was like, I wasn't going to do political humor, but then I'm like, well, you know what? 
like I'm not gonna back down to them. Right. Yeah. Like I feel like if I like like back down, back away, I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. That's only gonna give them more. They're gonna just hate me more. So I just lean into it and I start doing political material for a little while. They really don't like me. <laughs> and at like one point, about like halfway through the act, I just look at them. I pause and I go, it's packed house. You're all paying good attention to me. I'm not doing well. I guess the only person I have to blame for this is Trump. And that (laughs) broke them. That finally broke them a little bit. And they started to like appreciate me. It was in the moment. It was unexpected. Like, Like again, I didn't back down. That's awesome. And the last half of my act went, okay it went okay i got off my parents friends were like tough business <laughs> uh, and uh, my parents have since seen me crush and they they, yeah, they yeah. know i'm they know i'm funny and not wasting my time <laughs> yeah but uh um, i i think i would be that person that would not invite anyone i knew to anything that i ever did if i was in oh, that it's so awkward. i would be like no thank you i don't want my friends here i don't want oh, anyone to know so me it's so much worse I mean, yeah. people think people oftentimes think like having like an audience full of supportive friends and stuff is better no it's so much worse <laughs> i bomb and i bomb in front of nobody i know it's like it didn't happen right yeah. <laughs> right yeah, it's very nobody i know is gonna is gonna come up to me and be like hey better luck next time buddy oh. <laughs> <laughs> i've had people that i think have been fans of the podcast and then uh, they have a certain idea and then they'll come to a show that I'll, I won't do well at. And then they're like, uh, you know, I'm, your hair looks good. Or like they try to find something and then I just want to crawl I, away. I do think that there's like a kind of weird dichotomy to me. You know, like I was saying the whole thing about Joshua Edelman, the filmmaker and Josh Edelman, mm-hmm. the comedian, like I did make, it is a comedy documentary and it is funny, but it is also very like, serious and 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 honest and like indian real and then you look at like my instagram feed <laughs> and it's like pictures of this stupid face i make like posted onto everything <laughs> like dumb stand-up clips like stupid little videos yeah uh like just huge trolling posts that i know i, do. I feel like and your I'm, head is photoshopped on like everything in my mind yeah yeah, instagram yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's it's a recurring gag yeah. um and i'm just i'm just like I feel like people are confused as to who I am sometimes, but I'm like, that's I'm, great. But I, I just, yeah, I just like, I can't, I think one of the biggest problems I have with social media, the social media world right now is like, people are like, you want to succeed on TikTok? Just, just do the same thing over and over and over again. Just find one concept uh, and bury it into the ground and then yeah. people follow you. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't do one thing. I think that's that's a great conversation on its in itself because I think that is unfortunately what is making people famous now is oh, doing yeah. one thing over and over that repetition. And when you don't do that, like I can already tell that you're a well-rounded person. You seem like a normal dude who has good ideas, who's creative, but also wants to be a comedian and also wants to be a filmmaker and probably has other creative parts to you that's like i kind of want to do a little bit of all of this you well, know i think it really worries me that like my two real heroes or like the two people whose careers i'd most like to have 
um, have become extremely problematic people. But oh. like <laughs> in an ideal world, I'd be Woody Allen or Louis C.K. minus the bad stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't be those people without the bad stuff. I guess. I mean, I think I if mean, Woody Allen never no. married his wife's daughter. His? That's that's the one thing we know he did. Okay, yeah. that's the yeah. one thing we know. <laughs> that's but, the one, that's the one thing we know for sure that Lou, Woody Allen did is married his wife's step uh, adopted daughter. Right, and like like if Woody Allen never did that or or only had his career <laughs> up to the moment that happened, yeah, he's like one of the greatest artists of all time. Sure. Um, sure. If Louis C.K. and his is trickier for me in its own way, um, hadn't uh, you know jerked off in front of all those people, he'd like everything. Like I have a joke. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't like these people for the bad things they did. I don't want to watch a stand-up special of Louis C.K. <laughs> jerking off. I don't right. want to listen to an album of R. Kelly peeing on little girls. I don't want to see a movie where Kevin Spacey is molesting for... <laughs> well, I would watch that movie, but just because he's the best at playing those roles, you know? He was, he was like, the master of it. Yeah. <laughs> he would be committed. Well, yeah, there is this, like, this question. is like, can you still listen to Michael Jackson music? And I think you can. Oh, hell yeah. I well, love I think, Kevin I think Spacey. the art is strong enough. The other, yeah. the other part of that joke is I was like, I'm like, Woody Allen got in trouble, and I was like, that's it. You're canceled. Harvey Weinstein, you're done. R. Kelly, see you later. Michael Jackson... We need to separate the art from the art. <laughs> like that yeah. was the line. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I always, I always say it's like it's like you look at the people who are like fuck them, like like cancel them. It's always the people who didn't like them to begin. Like like my, my favorite tweet is when someone goes, "I never even liked them to begin with." I'm like, "Well, congratulations to you. <laughs> I'm so glad you don't have to wrestle with your love for this person who did something yeah. terrible." Yeah. One of yeah. my guy friends said he cried when <laughs> when Tiger Woods uh the scandal came out. He cried because he loved Tiger so much and it like created this big weird chasm in his mind people are complicated Mm -hmm. i I also think there's a big part of this like world right now this this mob justice mentality where i'm just like guys it's not we haven't all of us have enough problems on a daily basis Mm. to deal with ourselves it's not our job to punish everyone for their crimes there's a system in place that isn't a perfect system that's honestly a pretty bad failing system but 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 like 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 send my heroes to jail for their crimes but like i'm still gonna watch annie hall when i want yeah (laughs) i was just watching a movie with kevin spacey and i'm like god he is such a freaking good actor and i just i'll never be able to not think that Money and power, man. It can, it can do it's, some wild shit to you. It's it's yeah. I I'm give show me a petition to sign to to yeah. to make the world a more just place. But I can't I can't be the one like like fighting all life's. I remember there was like <laughs> con, real controversial thing. I'll probably about to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me preface this with I 100% support the Black Lives Matter movement, maybe except some of the Israel stances, um, which I don't have a public opinion on. Uh, Oh my gosh, I love it. Now we have to say like, you're like, also my pronouns are he, him. Totally. It's like crazy what we have to go through. You know, I posted the black square on my Instagram because black lives matter, but also all likes matter. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's funny. uh, That's very funny. 
Um, but I remember like in the middle of the pandemic, which was this existential crisis where people I knew were committing suicide and every day yes. was just a struggle to get through. You don't know what the future holds. Mm. Like, like people were on, on social media being like, if you're posting a picture of your lasagna right now, yep. you're looking real out of touch. And I'm just kind of like, life is hard. Life is hard whether you're out there protesting or at home just trying to make it through the day. Yes. It's like if posting a picture of a shitty enchilada you microwaved is helping you make it through today, post the picture of your shitty enchilada. You go protest for justice. I'll go join you. She's going to post a picture of an enchilada and that's okay. Yes. It's just like it's just like everyone thinks their thing is the only thing that's important in the yeah. world. And I'm just like, it's a lot more complicated than that. Life is hard for everyone. And and I also think it's just interesting. It's like, you know, there are just these horrible tragedies and just like horrific things that people are experiencing. But again, life is hard for ever. I've often said, like, I, I'm one of the luckiest people ever be born mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the history of the world <laughs> and I'm miserable <laughs> <laughs> isn't that I know I know <laughs> I uh, yeah I'm like yeah 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 my life is as close to perfect as it gets and like it's not good enough yeah <laughs> yep I totally agree and we we think in a very 2d way where if I just see you posting a picture of an enchilada then I'm like, okay, that's all he's doing. But little do we know, maybe you donated like $50,000 to a group. Maybe it's black-owned tortillas that you're <laughs> cooking with. We don't know the whole story. And I think during that time, that was a very like weird time where I didn't post the black square and... You know, posted. I think you, but you posted the black square. And I think I messaged you, and I was like, "Oh no, really? no, no, like, I, I, I don't, I can't even get into the black square I know, because, I know, like, I, know. I think at the time, well, I thought I was doing something good, and then realized that there was a, a, a large amount of the community that had a different opinion that I hadn't thought about. And then I was like, oh my God, I, I this came from a good place, but it's clearly misunderstood. Right. And, and, and then I was like, oh fuck, I'm just going to do nothing. Well, I'm going to do nothing. I think about how like, uh, you know, in the in in the good old days. No. <laughs> 2017. In, in, in the pre-Twitter days, you had to earn a voice. Yeah. You, like, like to get a voice... You had to like accomplish so many things that like what you had to say reached people's ears. Now everyone has a fucking voice. Right. And they're and it's insanity. <laughs> it's chaos. You know yeah. what? I felt that way when I was watching your doc because uh, the way I watched it was on YouTube and a part of me was like ew I don't want like comments under this this is such a good and I mean all the comments were great and it was and but I was just like I don't need comments under a movie like that you know some mm -hmm. things I just kind of don't want and of course there's commentary and there's movie critics and all that stuff but that's more like you have to go and find it but I don't think like on movies there should be like YouTube comments right under it. I was, I mean, this is same, same kind mm -hmm. of like realm of topic, but like we're kind of talking about like how everyone has a voice. And I, I really was reminded of how insane we've become and how scary it's going to be in the next 20 or 30 years, whatever that means, with this whole ridiculous like Will Smith, Chris Rock oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the speed in which things unfolded. Whereas like I remember at the Super Bowl, 
a decade or so ago, it was like, oh, there was the the malfunction of Janet Jackson's top, right? And we were talking about that for years, but like lightly. It was like, oh, the scandal happened, and then, but then some people were yeah, pretty serious, intense. Yeah, about it. but it wasn't like so intense that like in this case, this whole Oscars Will Smith thing. Within hours, I was like, holy fuck, I can't go anywhere without seeing this thing. This is like everywhere. And by Monday, the next day, I was like, can we just move on? And it was like, <laughs> no, we can't. And then I had a comedy show on Wednesday, and one of the first comics came up and was like, so uh, what about that Will oh, Smith? It's yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, we're fucking sick of it. Because everybody is their own news network now. Well, <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, well, the uh, first there's a um, Neil Brennan joke I love is like like how narcissistic we all are on Twitter. <laughs> it's like something happens and, and and everyone's like, I should make a statement. That's <laughs> 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 literally every person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's so uh, funny. But the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, it, it's it's so interesting on so many levels because I'm 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 more torn than most comics mm. i'm a hundred percent i always like out of preface i'm a hundred percent team chris mm-hmm. but i do understand uh-huh. why he why will did what he did even though i don't right own it at all at the same time i'm like it is a big deal as a comic because, like, you know, now I'm worried. Right. Uh, everyone makes fun. Oh, you're worried this one's gonna slide. No, I've seen comics get attacked already, yeah. and like, like this oh, might yeah. make certain people feel more inclined. I've been, I've been, um, <laughs> I've been attacked for a joke. I have made. you? Yeah, I'll tell. tell I'll tell. Us, you, uh, tell uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Trump. Trump. Tr- no, I'm just <laughs> I just want to join. Uh, it. It was actually at an open mic because I was nervous about this joke. And um, then two regular people walked in. It was like a couple. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. Uh, <laughs> because that's the place you try something you're right. nervous about. So I have a joke about like whether or not dick size matters for gay men, for bottoms specifically. Because mm. I guess for the top, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, for bottoms. And I was like, because it matters for women, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, ma'am, like, is a five inch penis better than a four inch penis? And then she goes, yeah. And I go, cunt. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, so I did it at the mic and the guy's boyfriend wanted to beat me up for calling his girlfriend a cunt. And I'm like, the joke is I'm making a joke like hinting at that I have a tiny penis. Right. The main reason I don't do the joke anymore is because I like to be honest in my comedy. <laughs> oh, uh, sure, that's sure. funny. Yeah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> but <laughs> not because I was getting attacked, but, but like, you know, it goes over the head. Someone takes it the wrong way. They get offended. Um, yeah. Yeah. If somebody, if someone's like, hey, this comedian called my girlfriend a cunt and I attacked him, that, like, you'd hear that and be like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. But if you get the context of the joke yeah, and you understand right. how yeah. jokes work and, and what I'm saying when I'm telling the joke, it's, uh, it's different. So now you, the yeah. joke's more a fun joke to tell as a story on podcasts yes. than do. Yeah. Because also, if that joke doesn't work, it really derails your <laughs> set going. Forward. So did he go and did he, did he try? Try to physically hurt you? Uh, he like wa- he was like I'm gonna like he's like oh, like God. and then and then like people at the mic like chilled him out and then he went and signed up for the mic to go up on stage and then said nothing about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've uh so I used to draw caricatures live in theme parks when I was younger. Oh cool! And 
it's a lot. I, I, I have compared it before. It's a lot like stand up in the sense that you're you're out there, you're doing your craft in front of people, and they all have an opinion about it. And so people would walk behind me all the time, and be like, "That sucks. That doesn't look like them." Blah blah blah. And it's just like you're like, "Dude, I've got ears, and they work like 360." You know. So it's like it's kind of weird to do that. But I've had a couple people who I drew, mostly couples, where it's like I draw them both. They don't see it when I'm drawn. I tear it off and show it to them. And then the girl doesn't like it because she doesn't like her mouth or she doesn't like her nose or whatever it is. I used and to then, run a photo, photo booth. So yeah. Yeah. Trust oh. me. Yeah. And so then, <laughs> you don't look like this. <laughs> so then the guy has to, he has to do something about it. So he, he has to get in my face like, you drew my girl like that? You drew my... And I, I don't Jesus mean to make him sound like Christ. this tough guy from... But I worked in Jersey for a while. So it was like, oh, you're going to do that? You're going to do that? And it's like, homie, it's just a fucking cartoon. It's a cartoon. Yeah. And I had people threaten to kick my ass. I had a woman slap me. Oh I've had people God. just like straight up tell me like, they're going to kill me. Like, and it's like, this is for a cartoon. <laughs> Did you like, not look at the other yeah, pictures like you, I had? You, you saw. Do you think this is what Angelina Jolie looks <laughs> like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. With yeah exactly. And it's, it's funny that people need to stand up when they have to protect in some way. And it's so douchey. Ugh, it's the worst. It's just the worst. And so. You should draw them killing you. And when, I, when, I hear, <laughs> when I hear people who are defending some of this, like, activity, it's just like, oh, you're gross, too. You but know? I also think, like. Like it is a big deal, but it's also just weirdly not that big a deal. Yeah. The same. Everyone, everyone's acting like he shot him. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, eh, it really just felt like you know, like the 1700s and he challenged him to a duel <laughs> that's what it looked like to me it really felt to me like will smith walked up on stage and challenged chris rock to a duel mm. i i look off the glove and i challenge you psh, it yeah. is to funny a duel. to me too that we all like when something like that happens everyone takes like their different perspective right and then we, so like for it can be a conversation about like black men for i'm a conspiracy theorist and like for that the talk around that was like, oh, Pfizer sponsored the Oscars and Pfizer's coming out with a new alopecia drug. And so right. it is weird seeing how like every group had their own. Well, that's own what I was going to say. And it, it all happens immediately. Yeah. So then there was like Cheek Gate or whatever. He had a, a, a Chris Rock supposed to have a pad. I was like, yeah. why would they even risk that? If they were going to fake this thing, why would they put a pad on Did his cheek? Did you see cheek? that where they said that he was wearing like a pretend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And I just that. see like I humanity is like lost its fucking mind. Well, that's the, and then that's the other part of it to me is I think it's very representative of the edginess of the world right now yeah. that like there's been what 70 something years of oscars and physical violence has never broken out now you have one of the biggest comedians in the world and one of the biggest movie stars in the world and he slapped the guy on the best night of his life yeah. slaps slaps uh his friend and it's just like it's like we're on. I I have a thing I say where it's like you know it used to be when I'd find out someone was on antidepressants I was like what's wrong with you you're right now when I find out someone's not on antidepressants I'm like what's wrong with you, <laughs> you they're not all right psychopath yeah everyone I know has gone we've all had to cope one of my favorite things ever is uh, like uh, there's a clip on YouTube of Joan R I love Joan Rivers so much oh, I love amazing. her she's yeah the, one, of the, one of the unbelievable best ever. it is the more I do like the more I inch my way of being a comedy newbie the way every like month I just am like I love her even more mm -hmm. but there's a clip of her talking about someone with one leg or something and, and it, 
man in the audience starts to get offended and she just shuts him down and she's like shut the fuck up like my son is deaf you don't get to say anything and the way she handled it was just leaving no space for that yeah. kind of stuff and i yeah. just i had it like it really touches my soul just watching her like shut it down and i i love it's that tough though it can get fickle because i've i've been at shows where the comedian gets involved with an audience member there becomes this sort of like yeah angry moment the guy's like you know what you want to step outside he's like you know what? Fuck you, because he knows the comedian knows he's safe on stage in a lot of ways. Well, I, but I'm just like then the comedian starts egging him on. Yeah, let's let's step outside, and it's like no, don't do right. this, because then I'm the guy that has to walk up and be like, I'm yeah. sorry, sorry, you have to leave. And then he stood up and he was like seven foot tall. I was like, oh fuck. And the whole time the comedian's going like, yeah, come at me, bro. And I'm like, please don't go at him. Please don't go I at know. him. You know, it's like it's just an awful thing. Uh, and John was like an old brittle woman. So if, yeah. if, the, if the wife went up and slapped her, then she would have like. <laughs> Fallen yeah. into dust or whatever. I uh, what was I gonna say? I watched. Oh oh oh! Shit show moment. Shit yes. show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit show yeah. heckler yes. moment for yes. me. Yes. I was doing a mic, same mic, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody walked in to watch it. He, I mean, I'm just gonna give you all the descriptions <laughs> of him. Lakers jersey. Stop right there. Mexican face tattoos. Ooh. Carrying a goblet with some sort of bright green liquid in it. Ooh. Drunk off his ass. Heckling everybody. I get up. Uh, I'm just like like dealing with it. I start calling. I'm like tipsy hustle. Come on. <laughs> I start calling him tipsy. Oh, my I first I start calling him tipsy hustle. Oh, man. And then like, he starts no. to get upset. I'm like, there is a part of me that's worried he has a gun. Right. But there's another part of me that's confident he couldn't hit anything with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like going at him. But like, this is a scary looking guy. He actually, I give him credit. He did take it all very well. But like, he was not like not scary looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone else there was very scared. I was very scared. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's the comedian funny. in me felt like I had to. I had to do something, and um, <laughs> I did. And and he ended up being cool about it. But like, man, you never know how man, it's going to go. What if, like, yeah. what if that guy was in a gang? And what if he was offended? What if he did have a gun? And what if he just fucking shot me for making a stupid fucking joke? Yeah. And it just feels like uh, how far away are we from that right now? Yeah. I just don't know. But I, you know, I'm going to maybe keep out of the South right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, because yeah. we're all under this collective That's pressure. That's my general rule. It's just keep, out of, keep the out, out of the South. I mean, they already don't like me in the South when they hear Edelman. Bo hates Jewish people. I'm just kidding. I don't. Spread okay, it. don't. Don't. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just, just audio, This is the clip that I'm going to edit. to like me. And, <laughs> he, he just hates Jewish women. No, I love Jewish women. They're, 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 they're amazing. Like they're amazing. Yeah. I, See, I actually say Jewish guy. You know, there's like a big thing like Jewish guys make the best boyfriends. Mm. And I'm like Jewish guys make the best boyfriends because Jewish women make the worst girlfriends. <laughs> We've been trained to please the most unpleasable people on the planet. It's very true. <laughs> I remember like the first time I like dated a non-Jewish girl and like I did something like like I brought her like a sparkling water and she was like, "Oh, that was so sweet of you." I like started to tear up. I was like, "You appreciate me." We're also known to be in sweet. <laughs> Like we're very friendly and sweet in the beginning and then something happens oh, where, yeah yeah, 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 that's like a big thing with Jewish women oh, is that boy. we like, you think you're getting one thing and then <laughs> we're the lemon cars. Well, Jewish so women's 
fathers are Jewish guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, honestly. And so, yeah, it, like I'll turn into just like a amiibo if I have a boyfriend. I'm like, I can't reach like this cup. And that's we an inch away. We spoil our women and our daughters. It's, yeah. Uh, we, we ruin. <laughs> we ruin you guys. Are you are you married? No. Are you, do you date? I, I have a non-Jewish girl. Oh, okay. Right so I was going to say, she's drinking her sparkling water at home that you <laughs> she's brought. Drink, she's drinking her sparkling okay. water right now. So I was going to say, I've only dated non-Jewish guys. I've ever, never actually dated a Jewish boy, but I think it, there's My something- My previous girlfriend was uh, very Jewish and uh, a lot of what that joke's based on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, have, I have another joke that like the only, uh, the only mm. social media- site I'll stalk her on is Venmo because if I ever see her sending someone money I'm like well at least I know she's not fucking him uh, <laughs> oh that is so good that's really good oh that's awesome <laughs> that's so funny. um you're you're rad I want you to tell people where they can find you where they can find your projects if they want to follow you in some way can you give us everything yeah 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 so I'm at the Edelmeister on every social media platform. <laughs> I love it's, all your Edel things. It's at T H E E D E L M E I S T E R. Wow, good at for you. At the Edelmeister. Um, my, all my social media followings numbers are incredibly disappointing. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm, seems- I'm extraordinarily. <laughs> <laughs> let down by by my numbers on on all of them so please follow me we don't, we don't judge by the size no, of your numbers but i will be sad if you ever unfollow me i get really butthurt about that no no no, please no. Don't, I, I'm I, not, she's I'm not, not kidding an, it's a problem an, I'm not yeah it's a problem okay thank god uh, i uh i feel like um i mean i just i'll be on shows with people that just have like a hundred thousand times oh, my yeah. following yeah yeah. And just obliterate yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. But, you know, I'm funny in person. And uh, I think hilarious on social media. But you judge for yourself once you follow me <laughs> on at the Edelmeister, T-H-E. Oh, God. <laughs> I love how he, your uh, eyes just got, like, so fiery. I love that. I always find it funny that, like, Al Lubell is, like, like an unknown comic. Because if you see his act, he's going to make sure you know who he is. Right. Yeah. And what is. It's right. like there's no comedian telling you their name more that more people don't remember. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> can see Al being someone that has like 94 followers Al's the kind of guy who has like 94 followers and can't remember his passwords to any of them, <laughs> <laughs> any um, of them or what email they're connected to <laughs> where uh, so your, your your movie right now is available on YouTube to rent is that correct it's currently available on YouTube uh, I believe on uh Tubi. Um, oh, it's on Tubi and, as well. Yes, uh, I think it's free on Tubi. It is, uh, and then on um, Apple, Apple TV or iTunes. Okay. Um, there's a. It should be free on Amazon right now. I am in a little bit of a legal snafu mm. that I can't get into, but it will be resolved. Um, a legal shit show. I, a legal shit show. I Sounds rented like it. it on YouTube and it was only a couple bucks and you should go out and watch it. That movie is called Mentally Mentally, Mentally Al. That's Mentally right. Al. Check Yay. it out. Dude, well, you're congrats. awesome. Thank yeah. you. We Thank appreciate you so you much for having me. This was so much fun. I know. I really yeah. had a great time. Follow Joshua. I didn't even tell any of the shit show stories I thought I was going to really? have here. So you'll have to have me on again sometime. We would love that. No, we've had enough. We've no, had enough. no, I would love that. See, it's Jewish people. Okay, thank you. Wow, that was
was fun. I feel like you guys hit it off. I love Josh. So I think much. I think uh, maybe he doesn't she... think this way, but I feel like uh, Josh and I have similar senses of of humor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I think I think I like to be in a room where someone is looking at me, and I can tell they're just like trying to get me to laugh. Yeah. Like I could tell that he is truly a comedian in the sense that like he's trying to say things to get a rise out of me. Yeah. And I like that plussing. He's I li- great. I like that. Yeah, he's wonderful. So check that out. If you haven't by now watched Mentally Al, I don't even know what to do with you. I do. Tell Watch them it. to go to YouTube and rent it. It's like two ninety nine okay. or three ninety nine or something, and it's a really interesting look into this. To, to really into the life of a comic, mm-hmm. regardless, like it, you know, I I found it to be very emotional and interesting. Me too. So I'm really glad that we could have that conversation with him, and uh, he was just a really cool guy, super cool guy. And if you live around the Los Angeles area, he produces many many shows. Some are, yeah. I mean, they're all really fun, but some are extra fun. So check yeah, I can out. tell he's that guy that I I like, which is a creative person who leaves no stone unturned. He's mm-hmm. like he wants to be the guy that. That uh, people say like, wow, he thought of everything, you know, yep. and that's that's my kind of peeps. I'm so happy we had him on. Thank yeah. you, Josh. Yes. And thank you all listeners. Uh, we will see you next time. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at Campfire Shit Show, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. <laughs>